0: Welcome back, Giants fans. The Giants are now two and zero, sole possession of first place until maybe tomorrow night. We'll see what happens with Philly and Minnesota, but the Giants do have sole possession of first place as they get themselves a nineteen to sixteen victory over the Carolina Panthers today. It was not the prettiest victory, I will say that. It was a lot of field goals and you know drives that you would wish ended in touchdowns, but the Giants had to settle for three, especially early on. But They got the job done and this is now becoming a winning culture everyone wants to put out the word culture but the giants have been nothing but a losing culture the past five years now they're finally learning how to close out games and make winning plays we saw it today They you know, sack Baker Mayfield with Julian Love on the third down play, get the ball back, get themselves a first down. Barkley picks up seven, eight yards. Daniel Jones rushes for a first down, and that's it. The Giants get themselves a 2-0. So they're building this winning culture. I'm not saying they're gonna be a 10-win team this year, but starting off 2-0 feels great. So we'll talk about this game today, what my observations were and things like that. Leave in the comments how you felt about this game, and let's get into it. So let's start with Graham Gano. Shout out to him. It was a revenge game, him being a former Panther and the guy went 4-for-4 on field goals and he made the 56-yarder to give the Giants a 19-16 lead that it was eventually the game winner. So, Graham Gano was automatic today. He definitely stood up and, you know, showed why he's one of the best kickers in the NFL. So, just nothing but respect for what he did today. And as I said, the offense overall did not look that great. The Carolina Panthers gifted the Giants with two fumbles in Carolina Panthers territory. The opening kickoff, Carter Coughlin forces the fumble. The Giants get the ball in a very good field position, but they couldn't get the ball in the end zone. They settled for three. Okay, you take a three-nothing lead when you weren't supposed to get the ball. That's not the worst thing in the world. But then Carolina on their next drive, they throw a screen pass on third and long to Robbie Anderson. He fumbles the ball. I think it was Darnay Holmes who punched it out. So the Giants again get the ball over midfield, and again they settle for three points, which, you know, it's being up 6-0 early, it, there's nothing bad about that, but it's tough to win games against good teams with just field goals. Carolina is not a good team. We, we I think we know that. So in matchups like this, you can get away with it, but when the Giants play these upper echelon type teams, when they get those type of opportunities, they have to put it in the end zone more times than not. And we did not see that today. Carolina's defense, they definitely had a game plan to stop Saquon Barkley. There were a lot of times the there was just not many places for Saquon to go, and some guys up front didn't block too well. John Feliciano, I feel like, did not have the best day. I could be wrong. I'll go back and watch the game, of course, but um, there were some plays where Saquon was just, it was blown up from the start. And total yards-wise, the Giants didn't have that many. 265 total yards, but they did kill the Panthers in time of possession. It was 35-24 to 24 in time of possession. The Giants ran 16 more plays than Carolina, so you do like to see that. Now, Daniel Jones, we'll talk about him a little bit. He went 22-34, 170. 76, one touchdown, no turnovers. That's good. Um, but yeah, Daniel Jones didn't have a good day, but it wasn't a bad day. I mean, you can argue it was a bad day. It could have been a lot better. There were times where um, you know, he missed a wide open Sterling Shepard for what could have been a long touchdown. There was one where apparently he missed a open Daniel Bellinger downfield. And you know, Jones just had his typical plays in the pocket where he looked scared, didn't want to take any chances, take any risk, and it would result in like a sack or just a throwaway or just a check down and You know, that kind of stuff gets old after a while. You have to try to push the ball down the field at some points, and Daniel Jones, I feel like, now plays afraid to make mistakes, and you can blame the previous regime and Jason Garrett for that one. But if Daniel Jones wants to survive as the Giants quarterback, he does have to take more chances. Like, if Daniel Jones, like, really goes after it with this reputation of being a game manager, I don't think Joe Shane or Brian Dable are going to look at that at the end of the year and be like, oh, we want to bring that guy back. Like Daniel Jones has to go above and beyond what he's doing right now. He's doing enough for them to get wins against teams that are not great. I know the Titans are a better team, but they did do plenty of things to beat themselves last week. But I think you guys know what I mean. Daniel Jones is just, he needs to do more than what he's doing right now. His stats look okay. The completion percentage was good, but you just diagnose Jones's gameplay by play and there was some ugliness to it i mentioned the missed throws. there was that almost really detrimental interception before halftime where it went right through the linebacker's hands and that would have been a very, very bad interception at a very bad time. But on the flip side, to be positive, there were a couple Jones plays that I really liked. There was a third and nine play over the middle. He threw a laser to Richie James. It was a really good throw, good zip, good velocity, placed it perfectly. So that was a good play. And there was the one play where Jones did a really good job of buying time in the pocket, stepping up and making a throw on the run to, I think it was either Richie James or Kadarius Tony. but that was the play where the offensive pass interference happened where apparently David Sills set an illegal screen in the middle of the field. It was kind of a soft call. I didn't really like it. But yeah, Daniel Jones made a nice play there. He bought time in the pocket, good pocket awareness. He stepped up, made a throw on the run and hit his receiver over the middle. Unfortunately, it didn't count towards his stats, but it's a play you look at as a Giants fan and go, oh, that was a good play by our quarterback. So while he did miss some big throws and left some big opportunities out there and didn't have the best pocket awareness at times, there were a few plays where Daniel Jones really you know, did a good job. For Saquon, I mean, he had a couple big plays in this one. He had the 17 17- year yard run on the touchdown drive to open the third quarter. He had like a 12-yard run in the early fourth quarter. So he had his moments today, but you can tell Carolina once again went all out to stop this guy. Now Barkley did have that big run as I mentioned on the top where he ran for seven, eight yards in the final Giants possession and he got them close to a first down and Daniel Jones you know did a good job of running for the first down and just stealing the game right there but that's what I was saying like teams are not gonna let Saquon Barkley beat them there are gonna be times where Saquon because of him being so talented he will break off a 75 65 yard touchdown run here and there we know that but if teams are going more all out to stop Barkley we're gonna need more from the passing attack and we're just not getting it right now so hopefully as time goes on and this you know the players get more comfortable with this Brian Dable Mike Kafka offense and, and even Daniel Jones we'll see better results through the Air, but right now we're not getting it. Now, the Giants defense, Don Martindale, they were phenomenal in this game. We gave them a lot of credit last week for what they did against the Titans in the second half, especially. But the Giants defense once again stepped up in this matchup, even without their cornerback, too, and even without their top two pass rushers, of course, with Ojalari and Kayvon Thibodeau. And I went over before in the preview video for this game on Friday that Baker Mayfield throughout his career in the Browns versus Ravens matchups, when Don Martindale was with the Ravens and Baker was with the Browns, Baker did not fare too well against Don Martindale's defense. Baker Mayfield, as talented as he is at times, definitely has some bad moments against pressure, and we know Don Martindale loves to pressure opposing quarterbacks. It's kind of like a bad recipe for disaster for Baker Mayfield. Baker was only sacked twice in this game, but the Giants definitely made him uncomfortable a lot in this game. He was 14 of 29, 145 and 1, so... It was kind of like a Daniel Jones game, but like better completion percentage. So I would say Jones outplayed Baker Mayfield in this matchup. And of course, with Martindale's defense, sometimes there were moments where the extra pressure did not really make out too well, where like, you know, Baker had the read option one play and he took it for a first down. There was a play where Baker was able to get out the pocket, run for a first down because there was pressure coming off the left side. So there were things like that where it didn't really... Work out, but I would say for the most part, Baker was uncomfortable today, and I think Don Martindale has played against him enough in the past to know what really Baker Mayfield does not like to see from a defensive scheme. Christian McCaffrey, receiving wise, was a lot quieter than I thought he would be four for 26, but he was 15 for 102 on the ground. He had a big fourth down and one run early in the game, he had a longer run, like a 40 50 yard run, sometime in the late third quarter, fourth quarter. So yeah, I mean, McCaffrey was okay in this game, but definitely didn't kill the Giants like I thought he would, so that's good. They were able to keep Robbie Anderson in check, three catches, 32 yards. DJ Moore had the touchdown catch on the um, the corner route. That was in the third quarter, first drive of the third quarter for the Panthers, and that was a play where Cordell Flott, who was the third-round rookie, he was filling in for Aaron Robinson at cornerback, too, and I thought, you know, did a pretty good job for, like, what he was asked to do. He's coming out as a slot corner, played a lot of outside corner today, and on that play... DJ Moore beat him. He slipped and allowed a touchdown. So that was not good. But I feel like outside of that, Cordell Flott was not that bad in this game. And by the way, I will have the reaction highlights like I did last week. I'll probably post that either probably Tuesday. Tomorrow is a busy day. I like to do my entire NFL recaps on Monday night. So I'll try to get that out Tuesday night. But anyway, so yeah, the Giants were able to hold the Panthers passing attack in check for the most part. Good job there. McCaffrey didn't kill them. So really what it came down to was the Carolina Panthers and the two early fumbles. Graham Gano being automatic today. The Giants having good field position and like Daniel Jones not putting them in a spot to lose. He didn't really make any that bad decisions. And I know he had the near interception, but technically Daniel Jones had no turnovers today. So a mixture of all that stuff and playing a not so good Carolina team, that's how the Giants won today. I don't leave this game feeling super confident about the Giants, but it's also nice to just get a win, whether it's ugly or whether it's great, but just to still be undefeated, still be at the top of the division. That's all you want right now. And of course, coming up the next two weeks, they have very winnable matchups. I mean, Dallas was able to to, to beat the Bengals today. I don't know how the hell the Bengals lost that game, but you know they get a Dallas team that's pretty diminished due to injuries, and of course, a Bears team that is not that great coming into the year. So we'll see. But guys like O'Shane Zimenez stepped up big time. He had a sack in this game. I believe he batted down a pass in this game, made a big tackle late in this game, O'Shane was awesome, and the other outside linebacker, Jahad Ward, made some tackles in this game as well. Both those guys really stepped up in the absence of Ojalari and Kayvon Thibodeau, so definitely a hat tip to them. Adoree Jackson was awesome in this game. There was a stat out there about Adoree Jackson, and we kind of said this coming into the year because the Giants cornerback two spot is pretty concerning coming into the year. We saw how bad Aaron Robinson was in the preseason and with that, a lot of us thought that Adore Jackson was not going to get thrown at a lot. And that's pretty much been happening here. Adore Jackson, according to Seth Walder, when he was the nearest defender today, allowed zero receptions on four targets over 27 covered snaps. That's according to next gen stats. So, once again, Adore Jackson played out of his mind today and is really looking like a cornerback one. So, I do want to see what he looks like against guys like, you know, C.D. Lamb next week and. You know, the Bears have nobody, but even Rashad Bateman in a few weeks and maybe Alan Lazard, a guy like that. So we'll see how he fares in those type of matchups against better quarterbacks going forward. But I would say so far, Adoree Jackson has been worth the contract. He has to be healthy, of course, but Adoree has looked awesome. And Dame Belton had four tackles. Dame Belton was a guy coming off the collarbone injury coming into the year and... We were concerned about his playing time, but I don't have the snap counts right now. We'll definitely have them by the Tuesday video. So I'll talk about that. But Dane Belton was second on the team in total tackles. He had four tackles in this game. And I do believe he recovered the fumble on the opening kickoff. I could be wrong, but I think when Cawthon forced the fumble, it was Dane Belton who jumped on it. So yeah, Dane Belton played pretty well today from the time he was out there. Julian Love had the sack to ice the game. We pretty much went over that. And MetLife Stadium, for those that were there today, I mean, you know, you guys did a great job. The stadium was rocking. I feel like it was very, loud on TV. Um, and I think next week it'll be even louder because that's going to be a primetime game versus our hated rival, Dallas Cowboys. So it'll be even louder. But I feel like today it was super loud. We heard the Don Martindale quotes about being really loud at midlife. And I feel like fans really took that to heart and they made it a very loud environment. So some other things. Kadarius Tony had two catches for zero yards. Once again, I don't know how much he played today. I did not have the snap counts yet, but it seemed like to just my naked eye that he played more than he did last week. We did see a lot of Richie James Once again, Richie James has kind of taken that Tony spot for now. James, for the second week in a row, led them in receiving, five catches, 51 yards. So I don't know if anybody on this planet expected Richie James to be the Giants' leading receiver after two weeks, but here we are. But with Tony, I mean, look, things were a bit concerning on I think it was Thursday night, and Tony started going off on certain fans on Twitter. Um, I've seen some direct messages with certain fans and how Tony saw what he said about them and and like i don't know just tony was not happy about some of the fans critiquing him being out due to injuries and like i think it's fair i mean tony has had plenty of injuries throughout his career so far so i think it's it's right for and it's it's really fair for any fan to be concerned about our former first round pick not being too available and not being a part of the offense too much due to the coaches not playing him much but i guess cadarius tony kind of took it personal and and dm some people and i saw him post uh you know, somebody else on his Instagram story, I think it was. So it's it's just crazy. I mean, I don't know why he would react like that, but I think it's a fair thing to say that so far Kadarius Toney has not been the most durable player. And to see him not playing a lot of snaps right now, it's it's pretty frustrating. I do think as the year goes on, he will play more. He will make big plays for the Giants. So he still looks good. Just got to stay healthy. We know he was kind of nursing the hamstring issue coming into this game. Now, Leonard Williams had a knee injury in this game. I think he left in the third quarter, didn't return, but it doesn't sound too bad. Apparently, we'll see What, like, the MRIs say and all that, but it doesn't seem too concerning at the moment. So, hopefully, Leo's fine. And Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay, according to Ari Mirov on Twitter, he played two snaps in this game and was not targeted. He has the largest cap hit among all receivers in the NFL this year $21.1 million. The guy played two effing snaps, making the most money in the NFL right now as a wide receiver. Um, and yeah, he apparently did not stick around for the media today. The way I understood the tweet was that the players have like 15 minutes to just come in after the game and just cool down, and then the media asked questions afterwards. And when the media came in to ask questions, Galladay was gone, his locker was empty, he was out. So he did not want to talk to anybody. I can totally get it if it came off of a loss and you really thought you could help the team win. But if you're Kenny Galladay, you're already making a shit ton of money, your team is now 2-0, coming off a big victory it just seems selfish to me that you're not going to stick around and like just celebrate with the guys or ask answer any questions like I get it he's probably a prideful guy he's had a couple of really good seasons with the Detroit Lions and it hasn't worked out so far here in New York but like come on like you can't like stick around and just answer questions like why do you have to make it all about you like at least when we went through this with Odell Odell was putting up some of the best numbers in the NFL as a wide receiver but this is a guy who's not putting up any numbers and still being a distraction that's why it pisses me off and there are some fans that want to just outright cut Kenny Galladay and if you're not going to use him you might as well but once again that cat pit of his is ridiculous the dead cat pit is also ridiculous so financially it makes no sense to cut Kenny Galladay right now but if the Giants are not going to use him at all this year you might have to. And I get it. Once again, Kenny Galladay led the NFL in touchdowns in 2019. He's now getting played over by, like, David Sills. I can see why it's frustrating, but what has Kenny Galladay done to really earn himself playing time? I have not seen it so far. Like, I remember Kenny's first game as a Giant first the Broncos last year. He laid out, made a couple fantastic catches, and he was like, oh my god, this guy is going to be worth it. And then ever since then, it feels like he has just been not that good. So, I don't know what it is, and It's not the best fit. I mean, this is not really the type of receiver that Mike Kafka and Brian Dable have used when they were with the Chiefs and Bills. And I just feel like Daniel Jones and and Galladay have not been the best fit for each other. Just Daniel Jones does not really fit with that type of receiver. So I don't know how it's gonna end, but it's pretty frustrating as a fan to see the guy just like be a distraction when you're 2-0 and not putting up any type of numbers whatsoever. So I don't know. It'll figure itself out, but it's just annoying. So let's see, what did I miss? Daniel Bellinger had his first touchdown. That was the great... Giants drive in the third quarter It was their best drive of the game and you can argue the Giants only had one really good drive today it was their first drive or maybe their second drive out of halftime and they marched up the field I think Tanner Hudson the tight end had a couple catches and then they capped it off with Bellinger scoring a 16-yard touchdown, diving for the left pylon, he got in. That was his first career catch and a first career touchdown, of course, for Daniel Bellinger, so congrats to him. Hopefully he's here for a while and puts up a lot more touchdowns. But yeah, outside of that one drive for the Giants offense, they really didn't do shit. So it's kind of like, it's concerning, and Dallas's defense has shown... They're going to be a bit feisty this year. Even the first week versus Tampa, they did not allow Tampa to score that many points. I feel like Tampa won that game like 19-3 to 3 or something. So they held Brady under 20. They held Joe Burrow in the Bengals under 20 today, I think. It was a low-scoring game for the most part. So the Cowboys' defense, despite how concerning their offense is right now with the offensive line injuries and Dak being out and Gallup being out, they're still playing well on defense. So we'll see. It's early. It's only 2 weeks in. Thank God they're 2 and 0, but yes, there's definitely some things with the offense that have to be worked out a bit better. I saw fans in the second quarter and even halftime calling for Daniel Jones to get on the bench for Tyrod Taylor. I'm not there yet. There's once again, there's not really a point in playing Tyrod Taylor Tyrod and Daniel Jones are pretty similar in terms of quarterback but one guy is very young and at least has some unknown to his game which is Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor we know who he is I think Tyrod can help this team in some areas his pocket awareness and getting away from pass rushers is better than Daniel Jones but Daniel Jones has a better arm Daniel Jones is faster and Daniel Jones has more upside so I'm sure throughout the year if Jones struggles for a half or even a full game we're gonna see more Tyrod things and Tyrod rumblings but I don't know I'm not there yet so we'll we'll see see what happens for me if it gets to the point where Daniel Jones is visibly holding the team back and he's hurting the development of our wide receivers and things like that then sure maybe it's at that point you bench him but once you bench Daniel Jones that's pretty much it like you're admitting that this is not our guy and we're going to take a quarterback in April which I think is the most likely outcome now anyway but if like if they benched Daniel Jones this game for Tyrod Taylor that's pretty much it like you're probably like you might go back to him at some point if Tyrod slips up but it's I don't know. It's just a weird situation. I don't think the Giants want to go down that road right now. So anyway, that'll do it. It feels great to be two and zero. They weren't the prettiest victories, but once again, I mean, the NFL. Some of it's luck, some of it's skill. <laughs> we saw last week there was some luck to that victory. We saw this week with the fumbles, there was some luck to this victory as well. But you know what? It is what it is. The Giants have been just screwed over the past five years or so. We've had so many tough losses. I don't care. I have no sympathy for the Titans or the um, the Panthers. I don't give a i will take my victory so 2-0 they have two very winnable games coming up here right now the bears are tied 7-7 with the packers but the cowboys had an impressive victory today okay but i still i still think the giants can hang with them Cooper Rush is not Dak Prescott. Cooper Rush today should have had like five interceptions. He was not looking that great. So next week, though, I'm not I'm not going to look too far ahead. But next week, I am super excited for... I might stream the game. If you guys want me to stream the game, let me know. I do tend to stream primetime games. I don't do Sunday, 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock games. But it's a primetime game, Monday night. I might stream that game if you guys want that. So let me know in the comments. But I'm definitely pumped. Like, it's been so, so long since I've had a primetime Giants game where they're, like, having a good record, they're fighting for first place in the East, and and just to bring back that nostalgia, like, just back in the day 2011 even like you know 2010 2012 when the giants were competitive bringing back those days of the prime time games that actually mattered and meant something it's gonna feel great so i'm looking forward to it hopefully we get dallas that would be an awesome win and hopefully get to 3-0 and so we'll see but anyway yes i will have my highlights reaction on tuesday i will probably talk to the entertainer on hopefully tuesday if not Wednesday. And then Friday, we'll have the Dallas Cowboys preview for week three. So stay tuned for that. Hope you guys enjoyed the video. Feels good. Let me know in the comments how you guys feel about today's game. And I'll talk to you guys next time.